Hallelujah. Well, good to see everybody. We look like we got mostly home folk this morning, so hallelujah. I was wondering how many of those folks from last week who said, yeah, let's do 8 o'clock. We're going to be here for 8 o'clock. You know, yeah, I want to do the 8 o'clock service because I ain't coming. Yeah, that's why I want to do that. The Lord knows. Hallelujah. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. I consider it an absolute joy to be with you all on this Christmas day. Um, I don't intend to be here very long, but I do want to share some things with you uh, as we close out. At least I think I'm going to close out the segment that we've been doing on the return of Christ. Um, I believe it is, for me, it has been very uh, enlightening. Yes, sir. Just looking at the scriptures versus what people say. Uh, seeing some of those things. So I want to close out today. Um, if you will, go with me to Luke chapter 1. Let's do the, a verse or so here. And then I'm going to have you go to You know, some reason my stuff is not. Let's see here. Get everything together here. <laughs> Luke chapter one. Um, verse. See which one I want to start at. First. 26. Very traditional Christmas story. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. This morning I would like to speak with you from the subject of the whole gospel. The whole gospel. If there's such thing as the whole gospel, there must be something that's not the whole gospel. So today, I want to do something a little different. First, we've done the traditional reading. 
allowed everybody to, you know, be able to say, well, you know, we, we heard um, the, the traditional reading of the Christmas story and all of that. Um, but what I want to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to start at verse 1. The Apostle Paul is addressing the Corinthian church. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you've received and wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you've believed in vain. So Paul assures the Corinthian church that the gospel he preached to them will save them if they keep holding on to the message. The gospel that's been preached to you will save you if you keep holding on to the message. Verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So Paul gave to other people the same message he had received. This Christmas, we have the opportunity to be with our loved ones. Why don't you do what Paul did? Give to them the same message you received. Sometimes we try to think of all of the ways that we're going to preach, what scriptures we need to know. What message did you receive? What gospel message did you receive? Give that same message to other people. That's all Paul did. I think one of the problems is we have too many gospel messages. Or what we think is a gospel message. Just stick with me. We're going to do the whole gospel today. He says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Paul did not have to mention that Christ was born and lived. Did you get that? Even today, the world celebrates the birth of Christ. It was a foregone conclusion that Christ lived and that Christ was born. So what Paul starts out telling the whole gospel is Christ died for our sins. Oh, we're going to mess up some theology today. Verse 4, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Paul emphasizes his burial. Why? Because everyone at the time that he's writing this knew Jesus died on the cross. They knew he had died. This was not a revelation. They knew Jesus died on the cross. They knew of his crucifixion. Y'all ready? He says, verse 4 again, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So Paul emphasizes his burial because everyone knew Jesus died on the cross. Then Paul emphasizes his resurrection. What are you saying, pastor? Jesus is not in a manger. Jesus is not on the cross. Jesus is not in the grave. 
Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father in heaven. We cannot forget that. Paul, look, when he is doing the gospel, he is not dealing with Jesus in a manger. I'm just doing the book. That's all. I don't want you all to think I'm, I'm, I'm angry at some of the things that we've seen and we've talked about here. I'm just saying when we really get down to when you're sharing the gospel, people have they don't have a problem with Jesus being born. They don't have a problem with Jesus dying. Watch this. Verse five. And that he was seen of Cephas. That's Peter. And of the 12, after that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. So Paul cites the chronological appearances of Jesus after his resurrection. Then he says, listen, most of the people that I just mentioned to you are alive while I'm writing this. In case you want to verify what I'm saying. See, I think we've lost the context of this story. It's like him saying something. If we all saw a train wreck in here and we were writing a letter about that train wreck, I said, "Okay, well, most of the people who saw the wreck, they still alive. So if you want to go ask them what it was like, this is what he's doing here with the gospel. But watch this. Do you realize he's talking about after Jesus' resurrection? So, the world celebrates the birth of Jesus. Do you know the world even celebrates the resurrection of Jesus? We call it Easter. But we talking about the whole gospel. Y'all ready? Verse 7, after that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. Paul finishes this portion witnessing that Jesus is alive. Are you getting this? Notice the apostle deals with his death, he deals with his burial, He deals with his resurrection and he closes this portion of verse 7 letting you know he's alive. He was seen of me. Okay. Y'all ready? What significance does Jesus being alive have? Drop down to verse 51. Same chapter. We'll, we'll, We'll be out of here shortly. Verse 51, he says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That word mystery is a hidden or secret thing. It's not obvious to the understanding. So Paul says, I'm going to show you something that's not obvious that most people don't even understand. But the only only reason I can show you this is because he's alive. So he says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. 
So all believers may not die, but we all will be changed from corruptible bodies into an incorruptible body. Verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That word in a moment is a Greek word, atomos, the same word that we get Adam from. What it's saying is this will happen instantly. When it says instantly, it's a word that means it's going to happen so fast the moment cannot be divided. See, people got this thing about Jesus coming back and it's a long, drawn-out process. When Paul, now watch this, we still talking about the whole gospel. Paul is preaching to them the gospel message. Most people, let me just step ahead of myself for a little bit. I know that, that's an oxymoron, how do you do that? But anyway, when you look at this, we have thought the gospel was simply Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. Paul got into him coming back. If you don't talk about him coming back, how are you doing the whole gospel? It, it's like a story that you start to tell and never get to the end. How does it climax? How does it end? So the apostle says in verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that word victory is the, a Greek word, nikos, where we get the word Nike from. It's the truth. So everybody walking around with the swoosh and Nike, do they really understand that it's talking about victory? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the Nike. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, some folks, they just, no matter what you, some folks just don't get it, you know. They, later on, somebody be like, oh, man, that's, oh, okay, that was good. Yeah, later on, you'll get it. So now look at this. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This victory comes through Christ at his return. You have a position, I have a position of victory now, but its fulfillment will take place at Christ's return. I'm almost finished. Just stick with me. I know we don't jump and shout it now. Revelations 22 and 12. Let me show you what I'm saying. This victory comes through Christ at his return. He says, Revelations 22 and 12, and behold, I come quickly. Watch that. Remember the moment? A space of time that couldn't even be divided? 
Jesus says, I come quickly. That's not for a, a, a sense of, well, it's supposed to be quickly. What's taking so long? He's saying when this happens, it's going to be in a moment. A moment of time that cannot be divided. Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. Why? Because now that you have victory, let me give you what, you what I owe you. Let me give you what I said you could have. Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end and the first and the last. Go back to verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, what? Because of the fact that we get victory through Jesus Christ, my beloved brother, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord. So the whole gospel has to do with the fact of Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, and his return. Because the real fulfillment of our victory comes at his return. So if you are just simply saying, oh, well, you know, this is the gospel. No, 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 no. Did you deal with Jesus coming back? Because in that moment, you're, gonna not, you're not going to have time to get ready. You need to be ready already. So let me close with this. The early church preached the whole gospel. They preached that Jesus died for our sins. They preached that he was buried. They preached that he rose again on the third day and that he's coming back again. That is the gospel, the whole gospel. We've not read down far enough to get the whole gospel. We just thought death, burial, resurrection. Okay, notice you don't have to talk about Jesus being born because people recognize that. You don't have to, when you, when you really look, they didn't have a problem with him living. Because if you're born, you're going to live. They didn't have a problem with him dying, really. Because they know if you're born, you live, you die. But we need to talk about his resurrection. So we even commemorate that. We got the birth of Jesus. We got the resurrection of Jesus. But why don't anybody celebrate his return? Why are we missing that vital component, his return? Christ, the hope of glory in you. It's the return of Christ. Jesus is coming back again, and he is coming quickly. Meaning you must be ready when he show up. I'm finished. I'm done. That's all. That's, I, I, wouldn't, I was not. I'm, I'm not here to do a long, drawn-out message. You all have been with us this entire month. We've talked in-depthly about his return. But I just wanted to convey to us today the full gospel or the whole gospel. So when we're sitting down with our loved ones today and we're with family and friends, Listen, if you, as you talk to them, as you share with them, what most people are, are, are have no problem, thank you, dealing with Jesus being born, dealing with him dying, even with him being resurrected, because folks celebrate Easter. But what are you going to do with him when he returns? Will they be those individuals who are mourning, or will they be the ones who are rejoicing?
Those are the only two biblical responses that you see for people when Christ returns. Either they're mourning or they're rejoicing. That's it. That's the whole gospel. Every head by eyes are closed just for a moment. I just don't want to take for granted anybody's situation on this Christmas day. Listen, I know people, we're excited. There are things that we want to do and, and get on to today. But please, for those of you all that will be uh, in position to possibly share the gospel today, when you're talking to your loved ones, let them know that Jesus is coming back. And that when he comes back, they don't have time to get ready. It's get, you need to be ready now. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ before he returns. You need to know him personally. Jesus died for your sins. He died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. But he's also coming back. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you surrendered to him? And given him the opportunity to be Lord of your life and Savior of your life. It is the absolute most important decision you will ever make in your life. I plead with you by the mercies of God today. If you don't know Christ, don't do this to yourself. You can't make a more important decision than this. Please have a relationship with him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you can believe that, that Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried and God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. Why perish? If Jesus showed up right now, where would you go, heaven or hell? That's the most important thing in the world. Nobody else can save you from that. It's your decision. It's not about being somebody's church. It's about relationship. Do you have a relationship with him? If you're here and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or maybe you say, listen, I need to rededicate my life. I have strayed away from my relationship with Christ. I've gotten away from being with him the way I, I, I need to, and I realize he's coming back, and I want to be ready for that. Or maybe you say, listen, I need a church home, a place that I can be, be uh, planted, that I can grow and develop. For either of those three pertain to you, I, I, we're opening up today an opportunity for you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, an opportunity for you to rededicate your life to him, or an opportunity for you to become a member of this local church. If that's you and you say, well, listen, I'm ready. Glory. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Is there anyone else? I don't think it takes forever when we recognize what God is calling us to do. I don't. I, I, I think God prompts our hearts. Today, let's respond to God. Let's hear his voice. 
Is there anyone else? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, thank God. It's good to see y'all. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you all would go with Miss Tasha, she's going to make sure she takes good care of y'all.